Welcome back to another episode of Bonfire Radio, the only bonfire you can enjoy indoors. Today, I'm going to be talking about what I like to call my conservative journey, you know, basically how I got to the point I am today, um, kind of where I started, and all the good ins- all the good stuff in between. So, stick around. Now, before I get into um, actually explaining my journey, uh, I just want to ask a quick question. So for anybody who's listening, where do you lean politically? Um, where do you lean kind of culturally, left, right, middle? Have you always been that way? Um, did you start one side and switch? Basically, I want to know um, you guys' journey and kind of how you got to where you guys got to. So like always, you can go and leave a comment in my Twitter, uh, Instagram, feedback on the website, or, you know, shoot me a DM. Now let's get into it. Now my conservative journey started, I would say back in like junior high school, it was around 2013 to 2015. And I did not know anything about politics right but what was going on at uh, uh what was going on big uh in the world of politics at the time was the um 2016 presidential campaign right so all i remember hearing while well, i guess politics was being introduced to me was um you know donald trump uh, and he's such a bad man and we can't let this happen and all this kind of like rhetoric that was like very anti-Trump. Right. And again, I didn't know anything about politics. The only thing I knew about Donald Trump was he was in the little rascals. He was in home alone too. I probably seen him before other places, but like up until that point, I didn't really know who this guy was. Right. But to be fair, I didn't know who Hillary Clinton was. Right. I didn't know who any of the other candidates on both sides were, but I do know that the, it was I remember it being very focused on um, Trump's a bad man and we need either Hillary Clinton as president because she's the first woman and that would just be so great. Or um, Bernie Sanders was a, a big uh, candidate at the time. Right. I think it came down to him and Hillary and then he ended up, you know, resigning from the, the campaign. Um, so I remember being in like eighth grade. So this is like 2014, 2015. And I, it's this still, it was still like an atmosphere in school where teachers didn't like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? teachers didn't really like spew their political ideologies onto the kids. Right. It wasn't like that was the classroom like it is now. Right. So you go into some of these classrooms now for like young kids. We're not even talking about eighth grade. We're talking about even younger and you got all the pride flags up and the BLM flags and the political, all the ideology, uh, ideal, ideal, I can't talk ideological, 
like propaganda around the classrooms today, right? Well, it wasn't like that back then. So while we were, I was in language arts, you didn't get any politics in language arts. Well, I was in Spanish, not in Spanish, not in any of my classes, right? Except maybe a little bit in history or social studies, but still it was like barely there. It was kind of like just brought up as one of like those like brain teaser questions before class. Like, oh, what do you guys know about the 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 presidential campaign going on? But it was kind of just that, right? And of course, you know, in eighth grade, you only you have kids who just repeat the crap that their parents say. So you had some kids who, you know, I'll give credit. They were more politically um, inclined back in eighth grade. But it was like a few kids, like not even a hand. Like I can count the amount of kids on one hand who were like actually somewhat versed in politics being eighth graders the rest of the people just kind of like repeated what they heard at home right so you had some kids come to school and they're like oh yeah pro trump you know maga make america great again and this was before that phrase was even seen as like blasphemy right so like you had some kids saying that then you had some kids come to school and they're like no hillary clinton and then you had some kids that were Bernie Sanders um so me and my best friend at the time started kind of indulging a little bit in that like I know at the time he was on YouTube and has seen some people like Steven Crowder and Ben Shapiro at the time right but it's we like we weren't on that side right so up until this point if somebody were to ask me at school being an eighth grader they would say, oh, are you Democrat or Republican? i say, oh, I'm Democrat. They'd say, why? And I was like, I don't know. That's what my family votes. And black people are Democrats, right? Like, that's what I thought, right? That black people were the Democrats and white people were the Republicans. And that's how you voted, right? So me and my friend actually went around eighth grade saying the whole four more years rhetoric because at the time you know this was obama's last term but a lot of people didn't want obama to go so there was like this whole it, well i wouldn't even call it a movement it was more like a social media outspark where people were hashtag four more years four more years right and knowing nothing about politics knowing nothing about how any of that works knowing very little um about the branches of government as i did as an eighth grader I walked around saying, yeah, four more years. Why? It's not because I thought Obama was a good president. If you were to ask me anything about Obama's presidency at the time, I would have told you, well, he's had to be a good president because he's the first black one, right? Like you don't make it into office unless you're a good you know, person, right? That's what I thought. Like I knew people went and voted, but my perception of like the presidency was like whoever made it into office was obviously the best choice for office right that was kind of my thought process so me you know being black and had growing up in a family who you know voted obama and obama was kind of just like this like saint right in a, in a black household it was like first black president like black people can do anything now right 
Like we, we made it here. We can do anything. If we made it to the highest office in, in the free world, then, then we can, we can do anything. So yeah, I walked around, I went around saying four more years, four more years. Right. And not knowing at all what that meant. Um, I soon realized that, okay, yeah, Obama's not going to be back in office. That would be really my thought process at the time was like, oh, that'd be really great if he if he could. But I I understood like very in a, in a very basic sense that the president could only serve two four year terms, so his time was up and it's time for the next person. So who was the next person? Not Hillary Clinton. I'll be honest. At the time in eighth grade, there was this group of girls who were like in seventh grade, they were like really girly girls. And then in eighth grade, a lot of them cut their hair short and they became loud and they became very obnoxious and in your face. And they would walk around like kind of like flashing like a sideward peace sign at you, right? To kind of like kind of mimic sort of an F, right? And they would like stand outside of, our wrestling practice and basketball practice. And when all the guys would come out and we're acting like eighth grade boys do, they'd be flashing this feminist feminism, feminism. So that was also my very first encounter with feminism actually was these girls. Right. And by no means, by, by no means at all, they were, they weren't attractive. Right. They were the, big girls but as you can also expect they were like they were kind of well-off white girls so they were big and chunky and like like I said seventh grade they were girly girls like some of these girls I had classes with and they had the long hair and they were like dresses every day and now they're like wearing ripped mom jeans and converse and baggy shirts and they're hairs cut short and their feminism and they're just constantly flashing this f at people feminism feminism and i was like what is feminism like at the time i was i was like no that doesn't really seem right i don't really know they know what they're talking about i don't know what feminism is so what me and a bunch of guys on the wrestling team was like well if feminism is a thing the obvious counterpart to that would be meninism <laughs> so what we did was whenever these girls would walk by in the hallway or they'd stand outside we'd be louder than them and we'd flash an m at them right we'd be three fingers down kind of mimics an m and we'd be meninism oh yeah we're meninist whatever and we'd act like boys act right and it would just piss these girls off and they were like you can see they would get enraged, but being hormonal eighth grade girls, they didn't know how to like women are already inclined to being more emotional than men and they react emotionally. But imagine being like a confusing time in your life. So like these girls were like, like they were like, they looked like bombs about to go off. And we got me and my group of friends got like the best laughs out of that. Like, Sometimes my day could go to just be crap and walking past these girls in the hallway and just flashing an M at them and seeing them like start twitching and would like make my day. Right. 
So that was my first encounter with feminism. But then I started hearing that Hillary Clinton was a feminist. Right. And I was like, Hillary Clinton looks like these girls. Like these girls are trying to mimic their looks after this. And if this is how they act, Oh, we can't have this as a president. No way. Right. Like I said, I didn't know much about politics, but I did understand that the president was the leader of the free world. Right. The president is the, uh, the chief executive, right? Like, like he's the highest in the land and we can't have that. Also there, it was just the president's always been a man. So I will say in eighth grade, I thought that there was no place for a woman to be president, right? No way. No way. So Hillary Clinton was never a choice I had even considered, right? Because I was like, no, first of all, she's a woman. Second of all, she's a feminist. And if this how these feminists at school act, and if that's obviously how she would act if she's president, I was like, there's no way, right? So Hillary Clinton was never even on the table for me. And the next runner up was Bernie Sanders. So me and my friend went from saying me and my best friend went from saying four more years to feel the burn, feel the burn. Right. And whenever we'd hear somebody at school talk about Trump, we'd walk by and we'd say, feel the burn. And we'd be walking down the hallway. And if we ever heard somebody just say, or Trump or make America great, we'd be like, feel the burn, feel the burn. Right. Because, okay. So me and my best friend in this small junior high school that we went to, we were multi-seasonal athletes. We were, liked by a lot of our teachers we ran around with a group of athletes so we had a lot of like privilege and and junior high right so we kind of like were overconfident as eighth graders and we thought too highly of ourselves so like that what that's what gave me the confidence to see you know these girls walking around the hallway and flash an m at them and not care or you know just be like walking the hallways feel a burn and people kind of look at you like it's crazy and me just be like hmm, like holding my head high like i don't i don't care right so that went on through throughout eighth grade and the, the biggest part about bernie sanders was i remember hearing that him saying that all oh, college would be free right i didn't know anything about bernie sanders but he said he kind of looked like the six flags guy to me with hair and he talked funny, right? You know, Bernie Sanders. I, I'm not even going to attempt to do an impression, but you know, you know, how Bernie Sanders talks, right? And so the way he talked was funny. He's promising free college. He looks old. I'm, I'm under the impression at the time that the president should be old. So I was like, oh, this guy's perfect, right? Free college. And being in eighth grade at the time in eighth grade, I wanted to pursue my art career. And I knew art school was like very, very expensive. So I was thinking as an eighth grader, well, and I didn't know anything about like financial aid. I didn't know that existed. I thought scholarship was only for athletes. And like, although I was, you know, a decent athlete and I continued that into high school, I never saw myself as like getting a, a full ride scholarship. And I thought, only, I thought scholarships were only for athletes. So 
I didn't know anything about like academic scholarships. I didn't know there were scholarships based on um, like the race and stuff. I didn't know about affirmative action, which I completely disagree with now, but we can get into that later. But I didn't know there was affirmative action. I didn't know there was financial aid. I didn't know there was any of that stuff. So my plan for college was, oh, wow. Well, if this guy's going to make it free for everybody, well, yeah. Why, why wouldn't I uh, want to support him? Right. Cause I knew I, I can't, I can't, couldn't vote for like another four or five years, but I was like, yeah, I think, I, I think, uh, I like this guy, you know, Bernie Sanders, feel the burn, feel the burn, whatever. So eighth grade ends and we transition into freshman year of high school. So that's 2015, 2016. Right. And I remember going into uh, freshman year of high school. It was the first time I saw like a lot of people. So being so politically involved and not just students, but teachers, right? Especially the social studies department, which makes sense, right? But the social studies department was always talking about voting and candidacy and being freshmen. They were like, you know, we know you guys can't vote, but it's great to know like your civic duties and to know about politics and which way leans, which way, and what this means to be a Republican, what this means to be a Democrat. But of course, because I'm in a public school system in suburban Illinois, it's, the left are the good guys, the right or the Republicans are the bad guys, right? With very limited history on how far they went back. I mean, we even had a course in history where we learned about the party switch, which we know to be false, right? The The parties did not just switch in the matter of a couple years, right? Um, the, their ideology, like, like, Everybody in the government just didn't, you know, wake up one year and was like, you know what? I'm going to start calling myself a Republican, even though I'm a Democrat and the, the Democratic Party has these certain values. Right. And the Republican Party was the party to abolish slavery and the party to grant civil rights and the party that was pro minority and stuff. Right. That Like the that party switch myth never happened like they say it did, but we, we learned about it, right? Like it was something that was learned about or it was something that was taught rather. So I could feel tensions getting high in my first couple of months of high school because we, the, the election was happening that November, the presidential election. And I mean, just everywhere around me was, I grew up with my mom's side mostly, and there's not a lot of men around in my mom's side of the family. So, you know, we're talking, you know, stereotypical, like black family, auntie, stereotypical auntie sort sort of thing. Right. So I'm hearing rhetoric from home, right. That Hillary Clinton needs to be president. That'd be so great for women and for blah, 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 all that stupid crap. And then even at church, I went to a quote unquote black church. I mean, stereotypical. It was a, it was a church. Uh, it was an old Walgreens building that had shut down. That was converted into a church. It was, you know, black, the, the stereotypical black church music. You got people 
you know, jumping and screaming and running back and forth and uh, speaking in tongues, apparently, and just you got the whole nine there. Right. And I remember my pastor there, God rest his soul. But um, my pastor at the time, he even saying, you know, he's prophesying or quote unquote prophesying. Right. And he said. God showed me Hillary Clinton will be our next president and blah, blah, blah. Right. Cause Donald Trump mean orange man and whatever. So I was getting that rhetoric everywhere. Right. And in high school, I remember hearing that Trump hated gay people and he hated black people and he hated Hispanic people. And you know, the, the infamous, uh, he called Mexicans rapists and, and drug dealers, and criminals and uh, he just Trump hated everybody but white people. And he was the president of the white supremacist. So you can, you can imagine like getting into high school and all this stuff was kind of just like heavy now. Right. Like, like I said, in junior high, I was kind of like top of the pack kid kind of said what I wanted, got away with stuff. Now I'm in high school with a bunch of kids that I don't know that I never grew up with. And not only like, am I getting a bunch of different, a bunch of different viewpoints from these kids, that seem to know a lot more than I do, but now I'm getting a bunch of different viewpoints from teachers who are like openly speaking about like their politics and stuff. Right. And then I'm just getting like what I'm getting from church and then what I'm getting from home. And at one point I felt like, Oh, well there was even a rumor that was going around that like, I don't, okay. I didn't, I never really agreed with any of the LGBT stuff. Right. So it really didn't affect me. But there was even a rumor going around that Trump was setting up like almost basically like housing communities or like they were describing concentration camps, right? Being disguised like these housing communities specifically for gay people, right? And I'm like, well, if Trump hates gay people and Trump hates black people, like imagine what he's going to do to black people, right? And and like the white people are going to get so rich and the black people are going to be poor and I'm just starting down high school and Bernie Sanders is going to get free college, but Trump's going to make us pay for college. And so you can like imagine the type of like stress that I was kind of under, like as a, a young naive kid who didn't know much. And I remember election night, I didn't watch the election, but I kind of a little bit. And I remember all the, all the media across the board was saying, Trump had a 1% chance of winning. Hillary Clinton has a 99% chance of winning. This is, this is uh, basically Hillary Clinton's race, right? Like Trump, Trump's not going to, uh, uh, w- there's no way he could win this, right? It, it'd take an absolute miracle for, for Trump to win. But I remember watching some of the election before I went to bed and it was somewhere like around eight o'clock at night, maybe. And, Trump at the time had close to 200 electoral votes. And I know I knew at the time that it was 270 to win. And I was like, oh, this doesn't look good. And I remember feeling sick and going to bed and just like things going through my head. Like, man, what? Like, it's literally going to be the end of the world if this guy becomes president. But. Like I said, at the same time, I didn't really want Hillary Clinton as president, but I, I kind of 
you know, at the time thought, you know, lesser of two evil thing. Well, she's a Democrat and well, black people are Democrats. So she's obviously has, has to have our best interests uh, at hand. And you just can't elect this Trump guy. There's no way. Right. Well, then I wake up the next morning and I check my phone on Instagram and it's just people are just going nuts. No, you, you have the, um, infamous video of the, the woman in like the high visibility green vest and the hat. And she's like, no, and she's like on her knees screaming, no. And you have people I remember just like crying on Instagram and they're just panicking and there are people that that are that are like uncontrollably sobbing, like like you know how a little kid does when they're like I don't know what to do, do like people like that, like just like grown people, and I remember thinking like like this is the end, like there's well, what what do I do being a a fifteen year old kid? Like life hasn't even started. I just made it to high school and I'm like, I don't even think I'll make it through high school because this guy's going to be president my whole high school career. And going to school, I remember the tensions were super, super high. Like everybody was kind of just like wide eyed and kind of like, what has this country come to? Right. Well, around that time after Trump became president, now we're going into the winter months, right? And more towards the spring, my best friend I've mentioned before in eighth grade, he kind of watched a little bit of Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder. So he uh, started sending me these change my mind videos, which were really popular at the time or started getting popular. And so I started watching the Steven Crowder guy. I was like, who is this guy? Right. And I started watching his videos and he had like, um, I remember at the time, which one was it that was big? It was the, there are two, there are only two genders changed my mind. Right. And the reason that caught my attention was because although I said I was Democrat and everything, like I didn't know the ideologies behind this stuff. And like I said, I never really agreed with, um, the LGBT stuff. But growing up in eighth grade and kind of I knew kids who were like this um, kind of I was kind of a little bit of a douchebag in eighth grade. But like I never crossed the line of like being like this is unacceptable because I thought it was just a part of like American society. So I was the type of person that was like um, kind of backtracking a little bit like in seventh grade. I was like, oh, like you do you right. I wouldn't say like I didn't support it. And then. In eighth grade, I was more like became more confident. I, I started being around more people who were like or I hung around more people that kind of said what they wanted to say, regardless of how mean it was. So like I said, I came a little bit of douchebag. But when it came to that issue, I was still like, like, nah, I don't really support it. But, you know, it doesn't affect me. So like, just don't bring it over here. Like, keep it to yourself. Right. So then now we're in freshman year and. Um. Steven Crowder has the video. There are only two genders. And I was like, duh, I didn't, I didn't get the controversy behind it. I was like, what is this? What is this change in my mind? Like, like who's he possibly talking to? Right. Because I think there was uh at the time in my older brother's grade, he was two grades ahead of me. There was this 
fat kid, right? This fat white kid named Lucas. And he wanted to everybody to call him Lindsay. And he grew his hair out and um, he wore lipstick and eyeliner and dresses, right? Um, this kid was like six foot one and he had to be close to 300 pounds, right? It was the most ridiculous thing ever. Like we're still at a time, which sounds crazy, right? It's 2022 where we're two months out from the new year of 2023. We're talking back. This is, this is 2015, 2016. This is just five, six years ago, right? Or six, seven years ago. None of this stuff was like, like this stuff still wasn't common, right? Like this kid was some of the teachers who after four years of being in high school became more liberal and like tolerant, I guess you can say this stuff back then when I first got into high school, like this kid definitely got looks when he walked around the hallways. Like it was like, people were like, whoa, because the thing was, I don't think he was ever on any hormones either. This kid, Lucas, right? So he had a a deep voice. And like I said, he was tall and big and his voice was like, like deep like this. And I remember walking in the staircase and this kid was the most entitled, just douchebag I've ever seen because he's walking out of the door of the staircase. And I was like kind of behind him a little bit and there was these freshmen coming into the door too. And without hesitation, he physically pushes these kids out the way. And he's like, get the fuck out of my way. I'm going to be late for class. And I was like, whoa. Because from behind, I thought it was just like big fat chick, right? Then I hear this voice and I was like, like, geez, Louise, like, what was that? So I remember I kind of like sped up to walk ahead of him in the hallway. And I kind of looked back and I see this clearly a boy with long hair and lipstick. And I was like, what the hell is that? So that like was kind of my first introduction to like this whole like tranny or transgender sort of like thing, right? Like people are saying they can be like the other thing. I I didn't get it. Right. So Steven Crowder comes out with this video that there are only two genders changed my mind. And I remember the girl he was talking to in the video claims that she was non-binary. And I was like, non-binary? What does that even mean? So I looked it up and non-binary just means that uh, people who don't identify as boy or girl. And I've re- I very vaguely heard about something like that prior to the like seeing this video called gender fluid uh, or gender benders, right? They're just people who like thought or not really thought but like they were boys but acted like girls or girls that acted like boys but weren't tomboys or feminine guys they were just like they acted the other part and they dressed it but we call at the time I still knew it at least in my household was they were gender benders right but it was still one or the other right like these boys that thought they or I didn't view it as they, they thought or these boys that acted like girls still acted like girls or these girls who acted like boys still acted like boys and dressed like boys. Right. It was still what I know now on this binary 
system. Now I'm watching this video and there's this chick who's like shaved damn near bald. She has a buzz cut. She's got glasses. She's dressed like a girl. She's got a, a skirt on and stuff and whatever her voice. But she's saying, she's telling Steven Crowder, she, she, I'm non-binary. What she said, what, what would you assume I was if I hadn't told you? And he said, well, I would assume you're female. She's like, well, I'm not, I'm non-binary. And he's like, okay, well, what would you assume I was? And she's like, I don't know. What are you? And this was like, I was like, this has got to be a joke. I, I don't really understand what's going on here. Like, I thought I was going to watch a video where two people are going to kind of have like a little debate. And at the time I didn't do any like debate or speech team. Right. But like I was really good at argumentative writing and I really liked always as a a kid growing up. I always liked kind of refuting people. Right. So I thought this was going to be one of those videos where people are just debating and I'm like, okay, Steven Crowder sitting here with a, very logical position. There are only two genders. I thought everybody knew that up until this point. And you have this girl sitting here that's saying she's non-binary yet. So I was like, who's the Steven Crowder guy? And what type of people are he see- is he seeking out? Cause this doesn't seem very productive. Right. I was like, he seems to have all the facts. He seems to know every, like not like know everything, but he seems to be very well prepared. This girl, I was like, I'm pretty sure this girl has mental issues. Like, Look at her. She looks like she has mental issues. I was like, what is what is he really trying to get out of this, right? I didn't get what he was trying to do at the time. So as Steven Crowder started coming out with more of those Change My Mind videos, I noticed he was, to me at the time, he was kind of like obnoxious, right? He would say stuff. He was like very comical, right? He was like a character almost. He was very character like. Like he would shrug his shoulders and he kind of like laugh and, and giggle and kind of cut people off or he'd throw facts into people that would like completely stop him. But I didn't see this as like a tactic or I didn't really know who Steven Crowder was. So I was like, oh, I don't really like the Steven Crowder guy. He kind of seems like a dick. Like he he kind of seems to be preying on these college kids who don't really know what they're talking about. And he's kind of making a joke out of it. And I was like that, I don't really like that. So I like for the rest of freshman year, I stopped watching Steven Crowder. Cause I was like, I don't really like that guy. Right. But this was my first. Um, and I never heard the word conservative at this point. Um, I didn't know where Steven Crowder even landed, but it seemed like his positions that he was taking on these change my mind videos were, logical like things that i knew i fundamentally agreed with without knowing that these were political like controversies at the time right so but i was like i don't really like how he's approaching it so i stopped watching steven crowder for a while well now we jump into sophomore year and that's 2016 2017 and i got very 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 heavy into conspiracy theories i'm talking it started with uh, the moon landing conspiracy theory. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of good points on that. That really doesn't seem like it happened. And then the moon landing went from government spying on us to like the UFO thing, conspiracies to um, Hollywood being holly weird and like they're like hollywood's like this satanic cult that feeds on babies and like 
they're lizard people. And yeah, it sounds crazy. And then what really drove me into this rabbit hole of conspiracy theories was the flat earth, right? Now, now it sounds very, very stupid. Um, But at the time, I was also going through some things like personally in my personal life. And what really caught me, what kind of hooked me into this conspiracy theory was we had science and um, we have like these science teachers and stuff and they talk about evolution and they talk about how we're just a speck of dust hurling through this like infinite space. Very minuscule, like on the grand scheme of things, we don't matter a bit, right? And I was like depressed at the time. And even um, my pediatrician had put me on like antidepressants, right? And I was in a point in my life where I felt small, right? I felt like I had no place. I even um, uh, fantasized... um, uh, su- I had like suicidal ideations at the time, right? So you can imagine like this, you know, 15, 16 year old kid who is already feeling very small and worthless and is dealing with suicidality um, and or not really dealing with, you know, or just being like kind of suicidal, right? And I was always someone who was afraid of death. And I didn't want to think this, but they just, it just seemed like the perfect thing. It would make everything go away. Right. So it was a very low point in my life and there was no one there to help me. Um, my parents are generally good people, but at the time, and I was, I was, this, this like headspace I was in started in fifth grade actually. And instead of being one of those like kids who kind of show like signs of depression that are all sad, I kind of experienced it through anger. So I was a very anger kid. My temperament was very, very short. I had a very short fuse and like anger problems. Um, but I didn't like hurting people. So I would blow up on my family. Right. And I would blow up and I would cause a scene and I'd see like the hurt it would cause my family and it caused me hurt. So during this time as well, I was self harming because I felt like the only justified thing to have causing hurt and pain in my family was to put that pain onto myself. So I'm in this really weird headspace, right? Uh, like self harm and, and depression and, um, you know, this stuff with politics and, you know, Trump is such a bad man and he's going to bring the world to an end and not wanting to die, but feeling like it's the only solution. And, you know, just overall, just really bad headspace. So, and you know, we have, I am watching all these scientists on YouTube and they're saying, you know, we're, we're so small. We don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like our time as humans being here on earth is like a blink of an eye in like the cosmic timeline. Like it, we're just, we just don't matter. And I was like, wow, like I personally feel like I don't matter. And I thought that was like in my head thing, but you're telling me like on a grand scale, like we don't matter. Right. Well, that was the thing about the flat earth was a lot of these flat earth arguments were tried bringing like biblical ideology into it. And, um, at the time I grew up in a Roman Catholic, uh, 
kind of household, right? I was baptized as a baby and, um, like at this point in my life, I started denying like if God was even real, right? Or if he, if he was real, who am I to him? Right? Like I'm so small, right? That God obviously doesn't have time for my problems. Obviously seeing how crappy I feel like my life is going, right? Like I said, my parents are generally good people, but starting in fifth grade when I started acting out like this, they said, you can't, you can't be acting like that. You're growing up. Deal with it. Deal with it. That's what I heard from my parents. all the time. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Right. Deal with it. Get over it. I had teachers, some teachers that like actually picked on me and I would come home crying um, in elementary school, like fifth and sixth grade. And my parents, would say, obviously you had to be doing something. Teachers just don't pick on people for not doing anything. So, so get over it. Ch- change how you're acting. And I legit was not doing anything in school. So it made me look at teachers the wrong way. It made me look at school the wrong way. I was acting out. Um, and now we're, I'm in high school. I've been dealing with this for years now. And Flat Earth was introduced to me. And the way they're presenting it is, well, Earth is the focal point, right? We're like Earth Earth is this floating flat plane um that exists, but there's the crap, what is it called? I forgot. Well the dome, right? There's a name for it, but the firmament, right? There's a dome and everything exists within inside this dome. And a lot of people criticize it was like, oh that's so crazy because they would put the flat earth model in the solar system model and they're like this is crazy right because now you it did look crazy because you had all these planets revolving around the sun but then you had this one disc like planet with a dome around it it looked very silly right but flat earthers were like no that's not what it is right everything cosmically exists within this dome so this dome reaches a lot further than what we uh, make of it right and Also, at the time, NASA comes out and says that, well, the Earth's atmosphere actually extends past the moon. So the moon actually exists within the Earth's atmosphere. And I was like, oh, that's proof. Um, That's proof that this ferment is real, that things exist. But it really brought light to, you know, God has humans as his his main focal point like we matter we're not just these little little specks of dust like atom size specks of dust that are just floating through this you know cosmic mess it's like we matter and we have a purpose so this is when i kind of started going back to um religion right like i started while i'm like in this like really bad like headspace conspiracy and it didn't help that i listened to like alex jones at the time right which we all know he said some crazy he would say some crazy things right um so i'm listening to alex jones i'm listening to people who are saying the earth is flat and i'm like well like this is really making sense and it's also bringing like god back into like my point of view and i'm like oh i do matter right like humans are God's focal point and that's why like that's why the earth has to be flat because it means we matter it means we are somebody and that was like my greatest desire at the time was to feel like I'm somebody to feel like 
I, I have a place. And even though I was doing sports and I had like a big group of friends and, um, you know, whatever, like a lot of my friends were like girls at the time too. Right. I wasn't like flamboyant by any means, but like I was sort of charismatic. So I, I could talk to girls fairly easily. Right. Like I flirted a lot. So, you know, I had like all this stuff. And I remember a lot of my friends telling me like, Oh, come on, man. Cause sometimes I would come to school and I would just be, um, like very off, like kind of how I am personally, like what, how I acted to myself. Sometimes I just couldn't find the will to get out of that headspace. So I'd come to school like that. I couldn't put on the fake smile and the fake personality and people be like, Oh, why are you so depressed? Like, you know, uh, you hang out with you, you, you talk to all these girls, all these girls talk to you. You're really good at sports, like whatever. Right. And to me, I was like, that doesn't matter. Like you guys don't understand. So, so yeah. So I started like kind of exploring Christianity again. Cause again, I was Christian or Catholic, um, race Catholic. So, um, I'll also get into like my perception of like Jews at the time, which has a lot to do with school system and kind of mainstream media, but Islam, I was like, there's, there's no way Islam is right. Like I knew I researched it a little bit and I was like, okay, so you can't, you can, you can talk to like a lot of different Islamic people and they all say something about what Islam is supposed to be. But then you have the jihadists overseas who like follow Muslim ideology like to a T. And it's like they are the most radical, like evil people on the planet. Like we're fighting ISIS and like all of these terrorist groups. Like I didn't find it a coincidence that all of these terrorist groups. um, All of these terrorist groups are. uh subscribe to is Islam. Right. So I was like, there's no way like, okay, I don't believe in Islam. Um, and then I did believe, uh, that Jesus was real. And like I said, like, I kind of was like struggling, like at the time, whether God was real, but not really, I kind of knew he was real, but I just felt like my, my destiny was set because, you know, side note, growing up in, uh, I, w- I was actually told later in life after my cousin married someone who was Catholic and he was like, whoa, like what you guys learned growing up was not Catholicism. Like I kind of grew up in like an extreme view of Catholicism. Like my, I remember my grandma telling me all the time, the world's going out backwards. We're going to hell in a handbasket. Everything I did wrong was you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. That's all I heard growing up. Right. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. And then, yeah, I did learn about forgiveness a little bit. But I never learned about repentance. That word never came up. It was like, you can ask Jesus. Jesus will always forgive you. But what never made sense in my head was Jesus will always forgive me. Yet every time I do something bad, I'm going to hell. So the reason I kind of lost faith going, you know, growing up was, was, well, if I'm going to go to hell anyways, for literally anything I do, what's the point of putting any restraints on what I do? I might as well just live now, you know, how I want to live. So coming back into religion um, and kind of connecting it with these conspiracy theories, I started, I, I, I really felt like I was losing my mind, right? Like 
I was like borderline crazy. Like I, I, the thing was I, I would go on these like rants to my family about how the, the earth is flat and all this stuff. And I'm saying all these conspiracy theories and they'd look at me like I was crazy. And sometimes they'd be like, you're crazy. And the thing was like, I knew I sounded crazy and I knew I probably looked crazy because I was so passionate about it. And the thing was like, I felt myself, I felt my sanity slipping from me. I felt myself going crazy. And what made it worse was I knew it. Like they say a lot of people who are crazy are, they don't know they're crazy. They think everybody else is crazy. I knew that what I was saying was insane yet. I couldn't help but feel like what I was saying was true. And it, it like put me in this real bad space, but I started learning about, you know, Christianity more and, um, watching people on YouTube who are Christians. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, God is real and Jesus is real and they're the good in the, in the world. But the devil is also real, right? And you can't have the good without the evil. And I, I learned that. And I, I try to talk to people about this all the time, right? Cause they say, well, if God is real or if God loves me, why, why would X, Y, and Z happen? And it's like, well, you got to realize evil exists. Right. And, and Satan is known as the prince of this earth, right? Which means he has a certain amount of dominion over this earth. Now, Jesus is known as king of kings, right? Which means he's he rules over Satan. But all authority is given by God. And there are just some things we don't know in God's plan that should not be questioned. Because he ultimately has the greater good ahead of us he knows he knows what's best so a lot of people say, oh why why would he even give dominion to satan over the earth well adam and eve had sinned right and yeah all of this could have been ended years ago but god has a plan and sometimes the plan we don't understand and i, I came to learn that very quickly right that okay god has a plan and there's evil in the world and if God just stopped the evil. We wouldn't have free will, right? If every time something evil happened, God just cut it off and rerouted things to work and, um, in favor towards him, that's not free will. And God is love. And God knows that the true love is a choice, right? We have to be willing to love God and to come to God. And without that, that, that absolute free choice to do so, then it's not love and God can't contradict himself. God is love. So there, so that's why this, you know, this is the way it is for the time being. So I started, you know, rethinking kind of like what I felt um, and I felt I found my sanity through, through God. Now I haven't, I didn't go, I wasn't at my, my conversion back to Christianity, I guess you can say yet, but I do know that whenever I was going too deep into these rabbit holes, these conspiracy theories, and I was getting paranoid and anxious, 
I did well, I would turn and I would find my sanity in God, right? Because I knew I I felt it, it sounds might sound stupid to some people, but I felt like literally on a like spiritual level, like inside of me, that the one thing that really did make sense was God. Because what after being a year into these conspiracy theories, I started finding counter arguments towards them, right? And these counter arguments started making a lot of sense, but I had already kind of retaught myself everything. I like dished out everything I knew about everything. And I like retaught myself through the, this uh, ideology of conspiracy theories. But now I'm starting to get counter arguments against them that are really making sense. So I'm, I'm feeling like crazy. I'm feeling crazy. I'm, I don't know where my head is, but I did find peace and kind of sanity knowing that God is really the only constant in this world, right? So we're still in sophomore year and I'm kind of reintroduced to Steven Crowder or yeah, I kind of find him because he was, he does this uh, segment called Ash Wednesday and I was like, Ash Wednesday, that's kind of a Christian term, but I kind of started hearing Steven Crowder's, uh, uh, like views on his faith. And I'm like, Oh, he's a Christian. Right. So I started listening to Steven Crowder again. And I found out that he was a stand up comedian before he had gotten into kind of like this world of politics. And then it clicked into place. All those changed my minds. I watched where he kind of seems like goofy. And I thought he wasn't taking it seriously and all that kind of stuff. I was like, Oh, that's his personality. Cause he's a comedian right? He's not doing it to undermine these people. He's, he's a comedian. But then I also realize I'm starting to realize now that a lot of these college kids he's talked to, he's doing it to open for open dialogue. He, he obviously knows none of them are going to be able to change his mind, but he's opening up the dialogue because he knows it's not something they're getting in the universities, right? They're not getting open dialogue. They're just getting ideology. Like this is what this is what you need to know. And this is what the truth is. Even though we're being told there are multiple truths, this is the truth. And these kids are just like mindlessly following it. Right. So he, he's doing it as kind of like a counter towards the university system. So so listening to Stephen Crowder a lot more. And um, I had saw something where he had interviewed Ben Shapiro. Um, I was like, oh, who's this Ben Shapiro kid or guy, not kid. Who's this Ben Shapiro guy? And Ben Shapiro is a short guy or not short. I guess he's five, nine, but on camera, he kind of seems short and small and he talks really fast and he was Jewish. And I grew up not really knowing a lot about the Jews. I knew they were killed in the Holocaust. Right. But after like being in this conspiracy theory, mindset for like a year and a half I got the whole anti-semitic conspiracy theory that the Jews control the media and the Jews control the banks and um, the Jews control everything and the the Jews are behind everything and it's it's no coincidence that a lot of wealthy a majority of wealthy people um, that control these higher institutions are Jewish and I was kind of like convinced that like Jewish people were like 
bad, right? Not bad in the sense where they should have died, right? I knew who Hitler was, and I knew that he was a, a terrible person, and like literally the incantation, or not incantation, but he was like the incarnate of of evil itself. Like I knew that Hitler was bad, and Jewish people didn't deserve it. But I was like, oh, like Jewish, like there's something behind Jewish people, right? So to know that there was this guy named Ben Shapiro and he's, I didn't even listen to what he was talking about. I was like, once I found out he was Jewish, I was like, Oh no, I'm not going to listen to him. No, he's Jewish. Are you kidding me? So immediately I was like, I'm not listening to Ben Shapiro. So for, you know, years really, I only listened to Steven Crowder and I kind of stumbled upon Dave Rubin, uh, at a time, um, when I started really knowing, learning what like this kind of conservative person was, but then I found out Dave Rubin was gay and I was like, that doesn't really seem right. So I stopped listening to him. So it's kind of like just Ben Shapiro for the time being. Right. And list or not Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crow, Stephen Crowder rather. And after listening to Steven Crowder, a lot of what he was saying, like I said, I kind of like fundamentally believed already, but I never really openly said it being in the the public school system and like having to uh, subscribe to certain ideologies to like please my friends. And I always walked around saying like when I was large groups of people and some of the stuff was brought up i'd you know kind of like sugarcoat it and brush it under the rug but in my head i'm like yeah i don't agree with any other stuff but after listening to steven crowder i was like yeah like i really agree with like a lot of what he's saying right so now we get into junior year and i'm gonna have to cut it off there it seemed to be going a little bit long so tomorrow i'm going to post a part two see you then Thank you for listening to another episode of Bonfire Radio. Don't forget you can leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And we will start recording video podcasts that I will post to Spotify and Rumble. Um, debating whether or not I should go YouTube, but I need to get a little uh, couple of things extra before I start recording uh, video. But that is soon to come. So you know make sure you stay tuned go follow bonfire radio on instagram twitter and check out the official bonfire radio website where we will keep you updated on everything if you have any questions concerns feedback good or bad you can leave me a comment or send a dm to us on instagram twitter or you can contact us through the feedback page on our website also don't forget that the bonfire radio merch store is open and you can get free shipping on your entire order with promo code free that's promo code free f-r-e-e 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 one last time that's promo code free f-r-e-e and you can receive free shipping on your entire order you can support this podcast by clicking the support link in the description and you can support us with as little as 99 cents a month there will be a new episode Every day, Bonfire Radio, the only bonfire you can enjoy. 